What you're about to listen to is a Bri-Fi production. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Bri-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, Bri-Fi, your comics guy, and I'm excited. And it's been a while. I know normally I try to get these episodes out earlier, however... I have no excuse. <laughs> I just didn't. And that is something that I'm going to have to live with. And you guys are just, for the eight of you that still stick around and listen to the show, you just deal with. You know, you, you understand, hey, you get Bri-Fi when Bri-Fi shows up. And normally when I show up, I give you 100%. So, yeah, right? Like, would you rather me always be on time and consistent, but at like... 70 to 80 percent and then and you know get that for the rest of your life some mediocre bullshit which is kind of what i was doing before i restarted everything like like when i was in my slump basically no you don't want that i don't want that so you know i hold off i wait until you know i'm feeling it man until like i got the energy and then i give you bam 100 101 even just all of it. So anyway, we're back. It's a new week. Me, really, all that I've been up to is reading one, the One Piece manga, and now I'm up to like chapter five hundred and like sixty. I, I can't remember. I'm I'm in the five hundreds now, and so I, I believe I'm either halfway to catching up to where this the manga series is now, or just over halfway. Uh, I think, or no, maybe not even there yet, because I think they're like 1,090-something is where the uh, manga currently is as far as chapters go. But I don't know. I'm probably, I'm pretty damn close. Uh, yeah, I got to be pretty damn close to being at least over halfway there now. I'm, I'm for sure halfway to catching up to One Piece, and it's only taken me a month. <laughs> so, and I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I guess like a month is... A pretty good deal, but then I don't like what's the average manga chapter reader like? What's the time frame on that? And sometimes I stop, take a break because look, man, especially here recently, like where I've finished off this most recent time, there's some heavy stuff happening. Like that's the one thing about One Piece that I didn't really realize when I caught my wife watching it every night. <laughs> I caught my wife. How dare you? No. Um, like, she would watch it, and I would peep, peep in from time to time. And I remember, like, the first few episodes watching that and being like, yeah, this is kind of the reason why I didn't watch One Piece to begin with. It just didn't, like, the feel of the show wasn't something that I was really into. Um, since watching the live action, uh, I've gone back and watched those. But I realized, I, like, for me, especially with anime like Naruto, One Piece, Bleach, like these really long anime that have been out for a long ass time. Uh, it's just, I can't sit, and just anime in general it feels like, I just can't sit for 20 to 25 minutes unless it's a really good show. But if it's a big show, like I, I just can't justify taking up that much time to like blow through these episodes and try to catch up because it's just I don't have the time for that and then you know I found hey manga works really well because I can blast through a chapter fairly quickly you know and still get like the feelings and the information and everything I need from the manga so that's why I've pretty much stuck to reading manga now on those big 
anime or those big uh, Japanese uh, stories. And it's been fun, man. I've really enjoyed it. Right now, without... I mean... Is it spoilers if, like, this happened way back in the early 2000s? Like, I mean, it's been over 10 years now. I Like, I feel like... Well, then, but there's some of us and, like, me also who are going back to reread or rewatch all this stuff because of the live action. You know, the live action was so good and so much fun. It made a lot of us want to like see where these characters came from and like the source material and stuff. So it's tough. Like, so I get, there's a lot of new people to the franchise and the property, but then there's a lot of people who have been following it forever. So it's like, I want to talk about exactly what's happening in the story, but I don't want to spoil too much without saying too much. So there's a big war that happens 500 chapters in huge war, the biggest war go down in the, in like the tomes of history, that big of a war. Um, and something really distraught, destroying and upsetting happens. And I, I was very upset with it. Uh, my wife laughed at me because that's what she does at the part that that really got me. So like, there's one thing that's really upsetting and it, it involves one character, but a, another character who is related or like deeply related to that character, maybe not by blood, uh, their feelings towards it and me as a father really honed in on that character's feelings and their experience and got me really upset. <laughs> and that's why I got really upset at this point is because as a, as a father and like the feelings and without giving too much away, like the hopelessness and wanting to do what's right are like wanting to take care of your child, but also knowing that like there's a sense of justice at, but I don't know, man, because then at the same time, what is happening at this point, I don't agree with as it being for justice. I believe it's something for revenge and like, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't want to spoil it in case people are going to read it. Tell you what, next week I'll spoil it. But uh, this week I'll give you, I'm, I'm going to tell you no. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but I was distraught <laughs> to say the least. And then my wife was like, hey, you know what you should do? You should watch it in the anime because I don't think I watched that in the anime. I was like, oh yeah, that's the best thing to do is let me have a traumatic experience and then go relive that in like... <laughs> in action with like character and voices and real crying and stuff where it was enough to upset me while reading it it's going to be even more to destroy me while watching it and so we did that and i cried even harder because it was just if not more upsetting watching it play out with like characters and things like that and my wife probably gets off to that kind of stuff i don't know but she, she enjoyed the hell out of it. She was crying too, but then looking at me and laughing and crying and then like, oh my God, like, and, and proud that I was feeling feelings about this show because she loves it and I'm starting to love it. And so that, that was my week <laughs> in a nutshell. How about you guys? Um, other than that, man, there's not really much going on. We got some, well, I say not much going on. I got a bunch of nifty nerd news articles to run by you guys. So we're going to blast through that as quickly and as precisely as we can and then of course this week we're going to finish things off with a spooky texas story so hopefully you guys really dig uh what i got for you guys today it comes out of austin texas i believe 
or it was either Austin or San Antonio. I can't remember. I'll, I'll have to double check. I think it was Austin, Texas, is where this uh, ghost story, ghost tale, takes place. So, um, that being said, guys, we're going to take a short break here and then get into some nifty nerd news. Alright guys, welcome back to the Nifty Nerd News portion of the BriFi Podcast. And got, like I said, quite a few news stories to uh, go through. I'll try to just kind of, I guess, big hit stuff. I don't know, man. There's a bunch. I, I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what possessed me, man. I was really looking for stuff this time around. Um, Amber Heard, have, have, you, have you heard about Heard? Uh, recently, it has stated that fans for Aquaman 2 were very upsetting. And in fact, there's been a lot of news about this Aquaman 2 stuff where um, Elon Musk, ex-boyfriend of Amber Heard, like wrote like a what essentially was a death threat to WB that if they didn't put her in the movie that he would rain all types of hellfire down on them, supposedly. And then WB apparently didn't want Amber Heard to be a part of it to begin with due to like the chemistry with Jason Momoa or lack thereof. And then Amber Heard was going out to say that Jason Momoa was harassing her on set and everything by dressing like Johnny Depp and being drunk at work and stuff. And then his team's been like, look, yeah, he's had a drink on set. Like who doesn't like at the end of the day have a drink or not maybe i said that wrong they like they said that he would have a drink like after work or whatever or maybe one for lunch i don't know exactly what happened but like everyone who i've heard of or everyone who's come out in support of jason momoa which i haven't heard anyone come out against him has said that like he's never been drunk on set like they don't know where her claims are coming from uh, and as far as him dressing like Johnny Depp to harass her, they said he's always dressed the way he dresses. And it's like that bohemian whatever. And like Johnny Depp dresses like that too. So it was like two guys who dressed sort of similar. The only difference is, you know, Jason Momoa has is the size of two men, of two Johnny Depps. <laughs> versus Johnny Depp being just Johnny Depp. Like, I don't know. So in a lot of ways, it seems like she's kind of just grasping at things to try to blame other people for a lot of stuff and I don't know if she's trying to salvage a career or anything like that but it's hard for me to believe her a lot of times I'm not saying Jason Momoa is not a dick because he kind of looks like a dick but he might be a really good guy I don't know I does he strike me as someone who would just show up drunk to work maybe (laughs) but I don't know it's at this point, it's a lot of he shit, he said, she said type stuff where it was the same with Johnny Depp. A lot of he said, she said type things. And so it's just, it's tough. But from what I can gather so much is obviously it's not a great work environment for anyone involved to whether whose fault it is. Uh, it just doesn't seem like a great work environment. Maybe they killed her off in Aquaman 2 so they don't have to deal with her anymore. Or maybe they recast based on what... Um, oh, what's his name? Guardians of the Galaxy director, who's now helming DC. Oh, God, James Gunn. There we go. 
I don't know why I couldn't even think of that. Ooh, excuse me. But from everything that we've seen from James Gunn and his news releases, and that kind of spins us into the next bit of Nifty Nerd news, like, no one's coming back. No one from the old DC Entertainment Universe is coming back. No Gal Gadot, no Jason Momoa, no nothing, man. It seems like that they're going to do a fresh reboot with slightly younger characters. Uh, maybe that helps kind of build a story with them, you know, kind of like what Marvel did, you know. Then I say that, but, you know, we've been telling DC to do just do what Marvel did for years now because that's the thing. Like, Marvel's now at the point where they okay they've done it all you know like they had the big lead up to the main story and now we kind of just don't care what's happening next which kind of sucks because there's a lot of characters that i really love that are coming out and a lot of stories but you know i see what the general public is saying about marvel and i get it like i get the fatigue and like oh we've already seen this nothing feels fresh or new but if you do it with dc characters and literally just copy and paste what marvel did everyone's gonna love it because now it's dc characters like that's how you keep it fresh that's how you rebrand and you know dc might have a good five to ten year run of like really excellent storytelling with one like major you know like a avengers infinity war in in-game infinity war type shit with dc maybe you can pull that off and like i said i almost feel like you can just copy and paste what marvel did and it work because now you're doing it with a new a new look a new new set of characters and i think it looks good man um anyway yeah speaking of dc universe and all that stuff uh director matthew vaughn uh who has uh, he did like kick ass i believe he was going to do a oh i don't even know why i said speaking of dc because this is a Marvel story. <laughs> but he was going to do one of the Marvel uh, X-Men movies. So I guess this was, what, Fox was doing that. He was slated to direct, I think, as X-Men 3, if I'm not mistaken. So the third movie. And in it, they were they wanted to bring Rogue back. Or not Rogue, uh, Storm back. So Halle Berry's Storm, they wanted her in and um just i guess to be like a cameo or whatever but they led her to believe like the studio led her to believe that she was going to have a much larger role that there was going to be a bunch of scenes and then they were going to just take that away once she signed on like they're going to trick her into signing on and then take away all this good stuff that they pro are quote unquote promised to have for her uh, matthew vaughn caught wind of this that Fox was planning on doing some shady shit like that and decided he didn't want to direct a movie because he didn't support that idea. He didn't like that, which I have a lot of respect for a guy like that who's like, nah, fuck y'all. Like, that's fucked up. And it is. <laughs> it's very fucked up. But, that, like, that's the kind of shit studios do, man. And maybe that's kind of among, uh, among a lot of other things why they're on strike and why they are demanding, like, better pay and stuff and maybe more say and residual type stuff but like i don't know it's just fucking crazy to me that a studio would try to do some shady ass shit like that but then like does it really surprise you all the same i don't know anyway moving on hold up i accidentally hit something on the record but okay no we're still recording okay <sighs> Whew, i panicked and um 
moving on. So we talked about Matthew Vaughn. Let's go. Uh, let's talk about. We'll keep it in the realm of movies, but now about showing kids movies are not like kid movies but showing well a teacher let's just get into it a teacher in miami decided to you know it's getting close to like halloween and stuff so hey let's watch a movie in class and this is for fourth graders so you know e for everyone maybe some pg movie who knows uh school teachers say hey here's a winnie the pooh movie this should be really awesome um however this and it was in like I guess it was in like their selection of movies that they could choose from. Winnie the Pooh. Sounds great. Love it. Grab it. Just make the fourth graders happy. Leave me alone so I can probably take a nap because, you know, I'm in Florida, so I'm most likely drunk because that's what educators and people who work for any of their education systems do. Wasn't the bus driver from Florida that was drinking on the job and stuff and then was like, oh, I didn't realize White Claws were alcoholic or something like that. I don't, I don't really remember. Anywho... What this guy didn't realize, or this teacher, I don't know if it was a guy or a girl, what they didn't realize is that it was Winnie the Pooh, colon, blood and honey. <laughs> so, um, I vaguely remember someone mentioning the Winnie the Pooh horror movie that was being made, and because the character of Winnie Pooh is now, like, in the public sphere of we can now make, like, create with Winnie Pooh, like Winnie the Pooh, we can do stuff like that. So, and like, that was the last time I ever heard of it. Like, oh yeah, this was a thing and it's out there. Well, apparently uh, a fourth grade class in Miami got uh, reminded that Winnie the Pooh horror movie, uh, <laughs> Blood and Honey exists. And this teacher played probably way too many minutes of this movie to these poor kids. And uh, rightfully so, parents were extremely upset with uh what took place in that classroom and i don't blame them and supposedly some students even went to the teacher like this isn't like i don't like this can we turn it off because it was probably very very creepy i don't know how bad the movie gets in the first 10 minutes but knowing most horror movies it's uh it gets it can get pretty bad like normally they open up with a pretty gruesome scene and then they show the happy shit so, um, yeah, pretty, uh, effed up shit, <laughs> but it's, it, to me, it, I mean, it's not funny. Like these kids and like, and good on the school, they are, um, they are giving them counseling. They're like, you know, asking, Hey, if you want to talk to a counselor, please or not me, maybe not even asking, like making them talk to a counselor to kind of process and talk about what they were accidentally shown, how it made them feel and stuff which i think is the right thing to do you gotta tell these kids you gotta talk to these kids because this is like fourth grade is a pretty young age but also old enough to where they can kind of grasp certain themes but maybe not the reasons for these themes and so yeah definitely talk to them like that that's the one good thing that's happened out of this is that hey they're using the counselor to talk to these kids and stuff and uh but overall really bad shit <laughs> Um, speaking of really bad shit, just kidding. Um, let's move on to the last bit of nifty nerd news. And it's not bad shit. It's actually interesting shit if you like video games. Sorry here, I'm just deleting some emails. So have you ever heard about the game? It's a little indie game called Minecraft. 
<laughs> I'm sure everyone's heard of Minecraft. You've seen there's books, the game, the mods, the memes, just everything. I mean, Minecraft has taken over all forms of life. It's trying to be the Pokemon of whatever universe it is. In fact, people are making Pokemon within Minecraft. Like, I've been watching this channel on TikTok where these guys are creating a 3D, like, open world concept Pokemon game. And it looks pretty badass. It looks really interesting. Like, and it's like scale to size too, which is really awesome. But um, why why am I talking about Minecraft? Well, Minecraft has now become like the greatest selling game of all time. It is sold over 300 million copies, which I guess like, I mean, that's a lot. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like 300 million copies. They've sold a million copies 300 times. That's a lot of people. That, that's a ton of kids, some adults, and other weird individuals that have bought in this game, purchased this game. I have seen it. I'm just not one for it. But, I mean, hey, good on you, you know? Doing something and succeeding at it, you know? That, like, I can't fall or, like, I can't deny the success of Minecraft. It's... It's just never going to go away. <laughs> but, I mean, there's so much that you can do, man. It's like a fun building and type game. I'm trying to think, like, because I don't really play it, so I don't know. But from what I've seen, you build stuff. People have made computers in it. They've made roller coasters. Like, it, it's almost like you can create the real world within Minecraft because there's just so many options and so many things available to you that if you know how to work with the system, like it's limitless, you know, like I've seen some of the most amazing things, the most amazing machines made within Minecraft. I've seen people make essentially a Game Boy that played Super, Mar Super, Super Mario Brothers inside of Minecraft, which what the fuck? <laughs> Like, that's insane, man. And so I, I, I just, I found it fascinating. Like, the people who get involved with Minecraft and really work with it are insanely smart and fascinating people. And so good on them for going over 300 million copies sold. I think the next highest one isn't even in the 200 millions. They, like, they're well over 100 million copies over the next best-selling video game, which I can't even remember at this time. Uh, and I was trying to pull up the article, but I'm in, like, a dead zone, so I can't see what that game was. But that is just crazy, man. Insane. Anyway, that's it for the Nifty Nerd News, guys. Let's move on to the Texas Spooky Story that I have for you guys. All right, guys, thanks for sticking around for the last part of the Bri-5 podcast, the Texas Spooky Ghost Story. <laughs> okay, anyway, so this this story takes us to Austin, Texas, which I, I had thought so. I wasn't too sure. And it's a old elementary school that used to be in East Austin called Metz Elementary School. The school itself was built way back in the early 1900s, like 1915 and really served as like the elementary school of that area for quite some time until the building eventually was just so 
run down and so oh what's the word just uninhabitable basically they they had used that building to the very last crumb uh, crumble of like brick or whatever and that it was time to build a new one and demolish that and build a new one and this is probably about the early 90s when they started this work uh, but in 1990 when they started the demolition of the old Mets elementary school workers from the demo crew started noting some really weird and strange occurrences happening around the job site tools would go missing ladders would unexpectedly start shaking like when people were on them not just like oh that ladder's shaking that's kind of weird no guys were like climbing these ladders and when after they'd get halfway up they could feel the ladder start shaking all of a sudden and start uh wobbling on them and then they, a lot of people a lot of workers were reporting like they could hear voices children like laughing and things like that uh, down the dark hallways and stuff because you know most of the lights weren't on they would see shadows of like and it couldn't be like another worker because these shadows were much smaller and so things were just really starting to spook them in fact things were getting so spooky for these guys that um they even ended up calling in a Catholic priest to essentially have an exorcism of the building. Um, I mean, they were having things like sound like nails on chalkboard, like or like bathroom stalls opening and closing, slamming shut. Uh, like so, these guys were really freaked out. So uh, Joe Torres, who I believe is the guy who uh, was like the, the the guy who owned the, 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 the can't speak. The guy who owned the demolition company, uh, he was the one who brought in a Catholic priest. Uh, trying, You know, I mean, he was having guys quit over all this shit. And so the priest comes in, uh, chants holy incantations, puts around holy water. And everyone seems to think, you know what? Hey, maybe that worked. You know, a couple of days go by, nothing happens. So everyone is starting to um, kind of get a little bit relaxed and feel better about it. Like, hey, good old... Catholicism saves the day. Well, that was until a wall crumbled and killed somebody. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, a man was killed on the job site when a wall inexplicably crumbled and smothered him and killed, crushed him that way, which is a horrible. I mean, it's horrible that anyone died on the job site. But man, having like a giant brick wall fall on you and that's how you go, that's really awful. And a lot of the workers summed it up to that exorcism didn't work and maybe we've just pissed off these kids uh even more now and like trying to do that and so eventually the demolition of the old Mets elementary school does happen uh, it takes like six months behind schedule like that's how long it takes because joe torres was having guys quit on him things still strange things were happening still the shadows the children laughing and stuff but eventually like I don't know. I think sometime in the mid '90s, um, they're able to get the new Mets Elementary School uh, built, and you know everyone's a little bit happy about that. But then teachers start reporting hearing laughter and seeing unexplicable shadows in the new building, and like no one can explain what's going on. And it, as it seems, is that maybe those spirits didn't leave the job site maybe are they transplanted themselves to the new building from the old building what's even creepier are kind of interesting in a way joe torres 
there was a beautiful tree that was on the lawn of the old Mets elementary school that Joe really had his eyes on. And he decided to, instead of, you know, taking down a tree like that or putting it somewhere else, he wanted to transplant that tree to uh, one of uh, his daughter's home. He, he, he loved the tree. He thought it was beautiful in his daughter's home. And then people and neighbors started reporting that they would uh, hear voices in the neighborhood of kids. And uh, they would also sometimes look like see a shadow uh, appear by the tree that there was no one around but it was like a small childlike shadow uh, next to the tree so it was a pretty creepy thing man uh, i was trying to look up like if there's any more recent events that's been going on with mets elementary sadly however the new school is also no longer uh, in service it's been abandoned since then um, but there's still been stories like there's even videos on youtube of people going to mets elementary school to check it out and try to get some haunting some people have claimed that they got some what is it when they record on a recorder you know ask questions and play it back and they can hear different types of white noise and what may or may not be voices so it's pretty cool stuff you want to check that out like i said it's out of austin texas it's called metz elementary school i don't know if they do ghost tours of it or anything i think it's still actually owned by the isd it's just an abandoned building now I don't believe it's been demolished as of yet, but it, 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 it's kind of crazy, man. And then, like, you think about it, I tried to do a lot of digging to figure out why. Like, why would there be ghost children in these hallways? Like, what what happened at Mets Elementary, you know? And there's no crazy reports, no, like, signs of abuse or, like, that they were – kids were mistreated uh since like the 1915 uh, 1915 is when the school was first built so there's nothing crazy there's no crazy floods or tornadoes that would have killed a bunch of the kids uh like there's really no explanation as to why that this place is so haunted except for the fact that you know austin has a lot of texas history to it man there's been a lot of souls and people that have inhabited central texas and that area so it's possible it's just old civil war era native era ghosts or spirits that maybe have stayed in the area and latched onto a school building that had a bunch of other children you know so like these ghost children latched on to the children that were there and loved to hear their laughter and them playing and stuff like that and maybe the people who have grown older and passed like Maybe their spirits wanted to go back to a time when they were happy, and that was at Mets Elementary School, and that's why they went back to that place and haunted it as ghost children. Who knows, man? Um, it's kind of interesting. Like I said, there's, there's no real thing that would justify why they, the place would be that haunted. It's just it's an old building that's had a lot of weird things happening. No talk of a secret graveyard or burial ground that was in the area or anything like that so it's just kind of like one of those mysterious things that really has no reason for happening but there's so many people that have reported all these weird things happening that you can't overlook that but that's it for this week's little texas ghost story hopefully you guys enjoyed the one about Mets elementary uh next week we'll find something else to talk about um there's some other stories i might move away from austin to a different area 
of Texas. But hopefully you guys enjoyed that story. Hopefully you guys enjoy what I've been doing with the podcast in the month of October. Uh, we'll see what happens in December. Like October and December, I kind of like to do themed episodes. So I think in December I used to do like Christmas movies and stuff like that. Uh, we'll have to see. I'll have to look back at old episodes and see what I used to do back in the day. But uh, that's it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out and being a part of the BriFi podcast. If you like what you hear, please head over to all the social medias. Everything is at BriFi Podcast. That's B-R-Y-F-Y Podcast. And I'm on Twitch. I stream. Uh, currently, I've been opening Pokemon cards from the Pokemon 151 pack. And uh, so there's some videos of that and highlights of me doing that. And also, if you go to YouTube, uh, you can see some of that. But the Twitch channel is twitch.tv backslash the BriFi. So definitely check that out. It Not that I get any kind of monetary uh, put uh, like back from any of that. It's just, you know, I like doing it and I appreciate that. Video games are going to be back on the menu soon. Uh, so don't worry, that will be coming your way shortly. Uh, with that being said, that's all I have for this week, guys. We'll see y'all next week. Bri-Fi out.